You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 246 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Acewaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, man. The weather's been good this weekend over here, which I'm happy about because, you know, now people are outside half naked, so that's always a good sight. But yeah, um, I'm excited to be back on the show to talk about gaming. Absolutely. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo? I'm doing good, Rich. Uh, excited to talk some more games and stuff. I'm back uh, from PAX East uh, 2018, and I had a great time when I was up there. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we're also joined by Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? Hey, how's it going, Rich? Happy to be back. Yes. Uh, also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hi, I'm alive. The Ebola virus, but I'm alive. <laughs> yes, get better soon, though. If that in, that in that case, we have a very special guest today. We're joined by Mr. Tony Polanco. How's it going, Mr. Polanco? It's going great, man. I'm trying to stay warm today after trying to stay cool yesterday. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I, I totally understand that. But uh, so let me let me just start off real quick. And, you know, I I want to apologize for the fans that was expecting an episode last week. Uh, I know I was very, very ill last week and I know Gary was not around. So we do apologize for that. But we will make up for that uh, with today's episode. So stay tuned because we have a lot to discuss. Uh, But before we get into all the topics, definitely want to ask you guys what you have been playing. So, Mr. Polanco, how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing? Man, okay, we're going to bookend this shit because uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this game at the end of the show. But yeah, I've been playing God of War. Uh, yeah, it's all that shit you've been hearing, 10 out of 10s, 5 out of 5s, 100s out of 100s. It's all true, man. It's all true. Great game. The only thing is, like, right now, I am a little bit uh, stalled in playing it. Here's some little insider baseball for you guys I don't know. When you get a review copy early, you cannot see the trophies. You're not, you know, because you games usually get like a day before patch for trophies. So I don't really know what I'm working towards. So I, I right now I'm taking a little break, waiting for the trophies to come back because I definitely want to try to see if I get the platinum. I already got the platinum in all the other God of War games. I'm gonna try to get it in this one. And we also started um, playing uh, GTA again, you know, because here's the thing about Throwdown. We don't really have many games that we all like at this. You know what I'm saying? We all have different game tastes. GTA seems to be one of those games that we all like. So we went back to play that. But yeah, other than that, it's just been God of War and just that little snippet of GTA. A um, little bit dry right now because I already finished Nino Kuni. I finished a bunch of those other big games that came out earlier this year. So uh, I'm just um, and, and I just finished God of War. So I'm kind of like in a little bit of a gaming limbo right now. It's like. What am I going to be playing now after I, you know, try to get the platinum and God of War? But yeah, man, that, that's pretty much it right now. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, I know a lot of people looking forward to hearing about God of War, so yeah, we will definitely talk about that in a little later on. <laughs> okay, uh, 
How about you, Mr. Lugo? Let us know what you've been playing. Yeah, sure. Uh, number one. Yeah, so uh, basically. Okay, uh, whoa, hold on. You, so, somebody. Today, somebody yeah, I hear that echo. Is the, the echo echo of the stream because I'm trying to be in the chat and stuff. But uh, basically, yeah, uh, there's been a couple things I've been playing. Uh, two main things, you know, outside of events because everybody, like I mentioned before, I went to PAX East uh, last weekend. I uh, had a blast. Uh, got to play a lot of the games that were on display there, a lot of different stuff. We actually have a PAX East 2018 debrief show that I did with Gary where I talked about everything that I played up there. So a couple of the highlights were Soul Calibur 6, uh, Wolfenstein 2 on the Nintendo Switch, The Messenger from Sabotage uh, Studio, uh, and a whole bunch of other great games that were on display there, uh, both on the floor and off the floor, which is pretty cool. Uh, the main games I've been playing, you know, on my off time, uh, I have a review of Super Daryl Deluxe, which is up on the website right now that you guys could check out. Uh, interesting game, fun little kind of tongue-in-cheek premise, as well as a couple other neat little uh, stuff about it that I thought was cool that I mentioned uh, in the review. But definitely check that out when you guys get a chance. I also, as of last night, I also just finished uh, episode Ignis in Final Fantasy XV. I decided to go back to the game, and I never got a chance to finish up the final uh, DLC episode that was released a, a little while back. And uh, I finally sat down and played it, really enjoyed it for what it was, even though I had a couple nitpicks here and there. But it was good to go back and play that and, and kind of like experience all of it now, especially since they announced season two of the DLC for that game, which is probably going to be coming out in 20, late 2018 to 2019, more than likely. So at least I got all that out the way. And then finally, one of the other ones I'll mention really briefly because I, I deleted it off my console was uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Now, I know that there's new DLC content coming out the game this week uh it's the ewok content with the stormtroopers on endor however i even put a poll out on twitter asking everybody like i'm pretty much done with this game should i delete it and everybody unanimously was like okay just get rid of it because there's no point in playing the game any further and i felt very similar to that i've been wrestling with that idea for a while so i played a little bit more of that did what i had to do felt like there was nothing much more left there and i got rid of it on my console so moved on from there but either way that's what i've been playing Sounds good. Okay, uh, Dana, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Barely was able. I'm like in between two, um, 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 gosh, I forgot the words. What you call it? Um, sorry, I'm in between like two festivals, so barely have been able to play Detective Pikachu. Um, I was, I wanted to play it just solely out of curiosity because if you looked at any of like the trailers and stuff, it looks awful. And the voice acting is just awful. It sounds like, like, you know, like the 80 year old disgruntled man. Um, so I started playing it and it's cute. It really is. It's a really great game. Like if you just need something to pass the time really quickly while you're stuck in between like certain events or doing stuff, but I like it. Like in that really corny, cheesy way. But um, yeah, it, the the cases that you solve is basically grade level, so you don't have to put much thought into it. The design of the game is pretty basic, um, but overall, it's fun. And like I said before, it really helps. Has really great art, and it looks a little bit more cartoony, but it's grounded in its cartooniness. If that makes any sense, like it doesn't go completely out of you know out of control with the graphics and the animation of how it looks. So I think that they did a pretty good job with it. Um, I like the gadgets that you get to use, and I like that you get to um, get help from, like, the other players and stuff. So that's pretty cool. I like the training aspect about it. So I I like it. It's it's a fun game. 
Sounds good. So I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, Gary is a huge Pokemon fan, so he might check this out in the future. But, uh, Gary, how about you let us know what you've been playing? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know about that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I've been playing, of course, Overwatch, and uh, this week they actually released an update, uh, which is the archives. Um, and what it is is basically every year at this time, like in April, they're going to go back and tell one of the the past stories from the Overwatch lore and everything. So last year we had Tracer's first mission, and this year we uh, we got Retribution, which is basically the mission where um, the you know one of the main villains Reaper. He this is where he basically turns bad because um, he used to be part of Overwatch in a covert operations group called Blackwatch. And, um, you know, during this mission, it's, it's got cutscenes and everything. Um, the actual update was like 14 gigs, which is like big for Overwatch updates. So there's a lot of cutscenes. There's a lot of additional, um, you know, animations and stuff that have been added into this mode. Um, it's basically PVE. So you can team up with three other people and, you know, you just, you have, you basically have to attack everyone, all the bad guys and stuff like that. But it basically tells a story of when Reaper first turned, uh, which is really interesting. And I hope that they do more content like this, because one of the things people always complained about with Overwatch is that there isn't enough story content in it. Um, the lore is really deep in the game. Like if you do read about it online and read the comics and stuff like that. So it's good to see that they're actually putting um, some of that storytelling into the events that they you know bring out for the game period periodically and stuff um and you can also play last year's mission too like you can play um the, the one with tracer as well so um you've got the choice of playing both of those which is really cool um and besides that i've been playing um final fantasy 12 and i've i fell in love with i fell in love with this game again because uh when the game first came out on ps2 um, in Europe, it was literally a month before the PS3 came out. So because I got a PS3, um, you know, a couple weeks after launch, I basically gave up playing Final Fantasy 12 at that point because, you know, shiny new toy and everything. Um, so like, I never actually got to finish the game, but saying that, I don't think I even appreciated the game as back then as much as I do now. Like, this game was so much more mature than uh, the, the Final Fantasy games before it, you know, in terms of the storytelling and, you know, just the way the gameplay is like, it's very complex. It's very MMO like. Um, and I think that's what they were going for, because um, this was around the time when they had um, Final Fantasy 11. So I think they wanted to make a game like that. So, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm just falling in love with that game all over again. Because I like super grindy games, and this is a super grindy game. Like you have to do a lot of grinding, you have to know how to level your characters and stuff like that. You have to um, save up guild to buy all the right equipment and all the moves and everything that you want for them. And that's the type of like grinding I like in RPGs. So um, I'm loving that at the moment. Uh, besides that, I did want to play some Monster Hunter, but I'm just waiting on people to play with but i might just hop on later on and do a couple missions by myself uh we'll see how it goes but yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing 
Sounds good. And I have to once again give you props, Gary. You know, you played more than Overwatch this week. So that right there is an achievement. Yeah, I've got to give myself a pat on the back for that. <laughs> okay, uh, Max, how about you let us know what you've been playing? Um, I haven't been able to play a whole lot just because work has been back up again, which is like kind of nice. But um, uh, today I'm going to try and get some game time in after some writing. But um, I ended up getting a PS4 last week-ish around. So I got Nier and Crash, and I've been trying to fit them in when I can. Like Crash is an easy game to fit in like 10, 20 minutes here and there, obviously, because they're just like really short levels and everything. So that's a really nice throwback because I absolutely loved these games growing up, as most people did. Um, I will say, I remember people saying it's a super hard game. It's still difficult, but I'm not having too much trouble with it so far. I remember they said, like, the remaster kind of made it harder or something like that. Like, they changed the difficulty. They, like, smoothed out hitboxes or something like that. But to me, everything seems to be pretty on point. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing jumps or anything like that. Maybe I need to be paying a little bit more attention, or maybe that's something later on. I'm only in the second game right now, but, um, and right at the start of it, too. But, um, I've been enjoying it so far. And then I got to try a little bit of Nier. I've kept very in the dark on Nier on purpose. So um, I heard there's like a bunch of different endings and everything like that, but that's really all I know. Um, And I've gotten, like for people who don't know, the first, like, I guess it's an hour or so, you can't save the game. So if you die, you have to restart. And I guess that's part of like the ending and part of the game and everything. The story like kind of explains that so far. I have come so close to beating this part like twice now. And I'm playing on one of the hardest difficulties. So I'm like, you die very, very quickly and you can't lock on. Um, so it's been pretty interesting trying to get through, um, this part over and over and over again, but I'm getting closer and closer. I think I'm at like what would be like the last boss before you can start saving the game. Like it seems to be a pretty penultimate or like ultimate kind of enemy to fight. So, and I'm almost done, but he like gets me in one hit. Um, like he'll just like nab me out, like from the side of the screen when I've almost got him. It's kind of like playing Dark Souls. And, um, so that's fun, but I, I'm really enjoying it and I can't wait to actually save and actually get into the game a little bit more, um, when I have the time to do that. But, um, so that's really all I've been playing for the most part. Oh, I've been fitting in Resident Evil 4 as well. Or, yes, Resident Evil 4 when I can on Xbox as well, because that was on sale for like eight bucks a couple weeks ago. So I've been fitting that in slowly. That game is awesome. I've just been chipping away at it very slowly. But um, other than that, not too much. Just playing, fitting it in when I can. That's awesome. Sounds good. So uh, as for myself, I I will admit right now, you you guys, all of you definitely played a lot more than I played this this past week. But there's one game that I did play since we recorded our last show. It's a game that I got a chance to play with Adam Vale of the Throwdown, as well as uh, WrestleCast. Uh, and that's a game called A Way Out. Now, obviously, there was some news this week that that game has sold over 1 million copies in just the two weeks that it's been out. Uh, I'm not going to spoil any of the story stuff, but I'm just going to say it, this is a must-play multiplayer game. I would tell anyone, if you like co-op games, you absolutely need to play this game as soon as possible. Um, it's made by the same team that worked on Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, and essentially, you know, it's two different characters that you work together. Now, obviously, uh, if you saw the EA, when they first revealed it at the uh, EA show last year, um, it, you would get the impression, well, this is the prison break game. It's only about escaping prison, but there's a lot more to the game even after they get out of prison. And 
one of the points of a lot of controversy is how it ends. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to go into any spoilers here because I actually want people to play the game. But that ending, there is, uh, uh, you know, it's it's going to be split for some people. There are some that are going to enjoy it because of how what they did with the story, and there are some that are just going to completely dislike it because it's a very heart wrenching ending. Um, I'm on the side of of loving it. You know, Adam loved it as well uh, because it's just it's just uh, very you know it, it takes into account the storytelling. And you have to pay attention to the story to understand where it's going to end at. But um, I, I again, I just I can't really say enough about this game. Uh, I just say you definitely need to play it. Uh, the way that they have the gameplay, where it's split screen, and then how they do some of the camera cuts that show different perspectives. And then there's when there's something important happening to one character, like this, the, the, the screen will just cut to focus on that character entirely. And then it goes back into split screen mode. I mean, it's 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 fantastic how they put it together. Um, and I definitely would would encourage everybody or anybody that loves co op games, uh, multiplayer. I, I believe you can do local as well. I mean, everything I done was was online, but uh, it's a fantastic game. I definitely recommend you check it out if you are interested. But um, yeah, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna jump right into the topics. So, uh, first and foremost, uh, this news was some news that we got late on Friday night. Um, as I believe Sega sent out a couple of press releases to everybody. And we basically got confirmation that Shenmue 1 and 2 are being re-released on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One sometime later this year. Now, there was no release date given. I can only assume that maybe we'll hear more about that at E3 or closer to that time or sometime after. But I wanted to ask you guys, uh, are you excited to uh, have an opportunity to play Shimu 1 and 2 on uh, more updated consoles? And uh, Max, how about we start with with uh, with you? Are you looking forward to this re-release or will, will you pass on this? Um, I think it's cool that they're doing this for the fans, but um, Shenmue is like, that is not something I played that was like before my time. Um, <laughs> it's definitely something that's always interested me, especially with the third one um, coming out. But also I've been seeing everything on Twitter, people saying like, yo, this game does not hold up per se. Not that it's necessarily a bad game, just that it's very a game of its time. And it seems to be very limiting now and like it just be very hard to get into and play. Not that it's necessarily a bad game or anything like that. So, and I imagine that's not going to be changed much in the remaster. I, I, I've actually been meaning to look into some videos just to like kind of see what they mean. I know it's a lot of, you do a lot of like basic stuff. Like I know you kind of live a normal life, if I'm not mistaken. I know you go like fishing and do random things like that. Um, but it does sound interesting, and I feel like I'm the type of person who would be able to pick it up and maybe push through some of those things because I'm always interested in like weird gaming experiences. So maybe we'll see. Um, if I watch some gameplay and it still looks like something that would appeal to me, yeah, I'd probably pick up the remasters, but it's nothing like I'm overly excited about or anything. Like I, I have so much other stuff to catch up on that intrigues me more, but, um, I don't know, maybe before three comes out, I pick them up or something. But yeah, it's cool that they're doing it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's worth noting, you know, Shimu 3 is supposed to come out 2018. I haven't heard any other news about that, so I can only assume that uh, Sony will talk about this at their press conference at E3. Because um, last I heard, December 2018, but they ha- had nothing, no other news yet, so we'll see about that. Um, how about you, Mr. Lugo? Are you looking forward to uh, Shimu 1 and 2 again? 
I think it's fine. I think it's cool. It gives everybody an opportunity to play these games when they can. Uh, again, a lot, not everybody was able to experience Shenmue 1 and 2 on, on Dreamcast and on all the other previous platforms and stuff. So this could also be a telling sign that maybe Shenmue 3 development is getting a little bit closer. I mean, again, or it could just be something to tide us all over until maybe the next like year or two when we finally get this game. I think one of the other interesting things that was also announced at that same event was also the, the actual Mega Drive Mini. If you don't, if you don't remember, oh. it's at, it at the same event. The problem is, though, alongside of that, is that the Mega Drive Mini was uh, being de- is being developed with at games uh, parts, oh which it's is a damn up. shame. Yeah, oh. but 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 real talk though, to just to stick to Shenmue one and two, I think it's cool. Uh, hopefully, you know they they give it the works, they give it the kind of like you know not not remastered, but like you know re released, you know cleaned up graphics, obviously sound remixing and stuff like that. I know that's going to come with both the dual uh, English and Japanese audio, so you'd be able to play it like both ways if you wanted to, which I think is cool. Uh, and then the same thing, obviously with trophies and achievements, that's pretty dope. Uh, now I'm curious to know if that when we go to E3, if we actually get a release window for Shenmue Three, uh, besides these as well, if we actually get a little bit more clarification on that stuff. I, you know, I personally will hope so, um, because I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we have to wait and see, but yeah, I, w- I would hope that they definitely give some type of update with a more significant release date information, but we'll see. Uh, so how about you, Dana? Are you looking forward to uh, Shimu one and two, or are you going to pass on this? No, I think it's a really great, great thing. I think it's wonderful that we, because, you know, as you guys were saying previously, these are generations, these are consoles, basically, that kids of this generation hasn't really been able to truly experience like how we have back in the day. So it's really great that we're going to have, you know, a whole new generation discovering these games and playing them. And they're pretty decent. My whole thing is Shimu 3 right now looks like actual garbage juice. And so I don't know what's going on with that, you know, and I would like an update as well. And I hope that they fixed it. So, you know, one and two, yay. But if, if, you got to say something about three. It's going to be really sad if you have these two decent games and then the third one is just horrible. So we need more information. I agree. All right, uh, Mr. Polanco, how about you let us know your, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew this was coming. You know, with Shenmue 3, you know, uh, you know, around the corner, this was going to happen. But the thing is, like, this is being put out there by Sega, and Shenmue 3 is obviously not by Sega. So I, I think they're just trying to capitalize on it. I don't think there's any, like, communication between Yu Suzuki and Sega with this. But um, it's interesting. By the way, quick side story for you guys. This shows you, this is going to show you my age, too. First thing I ever ordered in my life from Amazon was Shenmue for the Dreamcast when it was coming out. And these motherfuckers didn't get it to me for two weeks. Two fucking weeks. So I didn't shop for Amazon for like 20, 10 years after that, you know? Um, but yeah, that game, Shenmue, the first one particularly, changed my life. Like, it really opened up what gaming could be, you know? It's funny, when I played GTA 3 for the first time, I'm like, this is just a bigger Shenmue. Because I'm doing the same type of things, you know? Like, I'm walking around the world, talking to people, you know, doing, like, crazy things. And this is also why I love the Yakuza series, because it's like a, a spiritual successor to Shenmue, right? I, I'm curious to see how I personally would feel about these games nowadays, you know, considering all the advancements we've had and stuff. But Shenmue 1, you know, especially Shenmue 1, was really, like, a game changer. Like, I know, I think a lot of people that go into this clean for the first time will not properly appreciate 
the things that that game did because that was the first game that I played that I actually felt like I was in that world, you know, like I actually, you know, because I had a day night cycle, you had to keep a schedule, you had to talk to people specific days, like it got it, it got crazy, man. Like I remember even doing mundane shit was crazy in a game. Like I was waiting for a bus. I'm like, oh shit, I'm waiting for a bus in a game. This is crazy right now. <laughs> you know, I was losing my mind, man. And then Shenmue 2, that's another one I, I think people don't appreciate because, it, I mean, it did come out on Dreamcast, but it, didn't, it wasn't released in America. Like, I had to play, like, a, I'm being real right now, I had to play a bootleg European version of that for Dreamcast because everybody remembers Dreamcast was really easy to uh, rip games for. So I played a, um, a European version of that with subtitles and stuff. But, yeah, man, I, I would say I'm hype and I am I'm excited, but I know the way I am. I'll probably buy it, and unless I have to review it, I probably won't even play because there's just too many new games coming out. But I think it's good that th- these games are coming out. My only thing is, and since I got this platform to save, hey Sega, how about you bring back Panzer Dragoon while you're at it, man? This is fucking bullshit right now. Bring back Panzer Dragoon, and I know you lost the source code for Panzer Dragoon Saga. Remake that shit from scratch, man. You're bringing back classics. Bring that shit back, please. All right, ran over. Hey, well, I, I I'll, I'll go ahead next. I pretty much agree that it is a good decision to bring this game back. I mean, we already figured that this was going to happen once they announced Shenmue Three. So glad that Sega is going to utilize this as an opportunity to bring it out for a new generation of of people who haven't had a chance to try it out. Uh, one quick thing I will add before I pass this over to Gary is. Uh, it's very interesting for me to hear that Amazon pretty much works the exact same way that they worked back in the day, where you order something and it takes forever to receive it. So that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, Gary. Yeah, you need that Prime, man. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, like I'm I'm actually happy that Shenmue one and two are uh, you we were gonna get to play them again, you know, on all those platforms because I've actually wanted to replay those games so badly like over the past few years like past maybe 10 years or so i've been wanting to replay them um because you know like tony i was there day one on the dreamcast like i actually like um i saved up my pocket money for weeks because i was at school back then i saved like some days i wouldn't even eat my lunch like i wouldn't buy lunch or anything like just saving up money to buy that game um so yeah i was like super excited and when the game came out i loved it you know, even though looking back at it, you do some mundane things in that game, but I still loved it, like regardless. Um, and it was it was revolutionary. It inspired many of the the following games that came out on PS2, and you know, um, even up to now, like all these open world games, and uh, like Tony said, the Yakuza games. You know, it, it inspired a lot of things. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're gonna finally get to play those games again. And I never actually. Um, played Shenmue 2 I think I played some of it at a friend's house but like I never actually owned it so yeah it's it's cool to finally be able to play that game as well before Shenmue 3 comes out whether that game's going to be good or not you know so yeah so very good points I think what Tony said uh it's going to be very interesting to see if there's going to be the same level of excitement for this game, because again, there's a lot of other titles uh, 
that either are already out or going to be coming out. This is why it, it's going to be important when they announce when this game is actually coming out. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if this game is coming out anywhere near Red Dead Redemption 2, well, you can forget me taking time to play Shenmue at that point. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Yeah. Can I please rant about the at game situation more? Because this is fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. Right? Go ahead. So, so at games and JJ, feel free to jump in, man. Um, they have released a bunch of like Genesis clone consoles for years and they've been terrible, basically, you know, like really, really bad. Nothing like the NES minis, right? The quality stuff. They've been releasing shit. So when they announced this Mega Drive mini at this event, for a second, I allowed myself to get hype. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. We're going to get like an actual thing made by Sega. Then it turns out they're using at games technology. That brought the whole party down. It's like, come on, man, what are you doing? Don't team up with these people. These guys have such a horrible track record and you keep going back to them, man. It's like, you, you gotta, you, that's not right. It's like, people are going to buy this shit. They're not going to, they're not going to know the, the history of at games. They're going to buy this thing. They're going to get these like shitty ports of like classic Genesis games. It's not right, man. So, that was a big bummer for the night. Like you got the ultimate high of Shenmue HD, and you got the ultimate low of at games putting out another shitty, con- you know, clone console. Man, it's fucked up. I find it really weird, and I'm curious as to why they keep uh, they went to them after they know. And remember, not too long ago, last year actually, we got the Sega Genesis uh, replica console, the Legacy right. console from Ad Games that everybody unanimously said it was terrible. And I've seen it in action in person. I actually tried to get in touch with Ad Games to try to see if we could get a review of it on the website, and they never did because of all the fallout that was happening with it at other various websites. They had to release two versions of that, which they were both just as equally bad. And the thing is, the problem with it, for, for anybody that doesn't know, is that the emulation and the way that those consoles that are made by Ad Games work with not only just the built-in games that are for it, the Genesis games, which aren't all Genesis Mega Drive games. Some of them are Master System and like other yeah. random games. But also, the way that they work with the actual cartridges is nothing like the Super Nintendo uh, Classic or the NES Classic whatsoever. The only thing that the Ad Games uh, consoles ever had on everything else was the fact that you could use your original uh, cartridges. And that's a cool concept. That's a cool thing that a lot of other third-party off-brand replica consoles or legacy console makers uh, really use, you know, to their advantage, you know, especially for people that love that original hardware and stuff. But I'm curious as to why Sega, knowing all this, unless there was other legal reasons that we just don't know about, would go to a company like that again, you know, to represent them as far as like making uh, a classic replica console of, 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 again, arguably one of their biggest back in the day, especially in in a world now where we have the NES and the SNES Mini because that's the ultimate comparison right now to this and it's not looking too good for them. What I hope at some point, maybe, you know, they could still course correct. I, I hope that they could probably go to another console manufacturer, like go to Hyperkin or something. I feel like that would have been a smarter play or to uh, something like Analog. Uh, I think it's, I believe it's not Analog. Um, analog, uh, it's the ones that make the... Yeah, the, analog, the, uh, yeah, was it yeah, the yeah, they're just... Yeah, they're yeah just I forgot the, the full name. Yeah, they make yes. the SNES uh, uh, replica console now. That doesn't have built-in games to it, but it works better uh, than a, a traditional SNES. Yeah, that thing's amazing. Like that thing's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it has like HDMI and a whole bunch of other stuff with it. But I'm saying, why not Sega go to a company like that? Because they're, Sega is one of those few companies that is really in tune with their audience like they clearly interact with them they clearly listen to them in some form or fashion again if that was the case we would have never gotten sonic mania 
But the thing is, is that with with a move like this, I feel like it, it's a huge step backwards. And they, they they seem like they're really getting behind it. And I think it's the wrong move for them to do. But either way, here's hoping they course correct. We'll see what happens. I, I personally think it, it's for them. It's they're thinking about the money that they can make. Um, and maybe that's all they're thinking about, which is why they're deciding to do all this additional stuff. But uh, we'll see what happens um, at the end of the day. So uh, any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? I think we're good. All right. So we're going we're gonna to move on to, uh, I, will, I will admit this, you know, back in E3 last year, uh, Gary and I, we decided to play a game that, uh, you know, after the show, Gary told me he absolutely loved the game. It was his highlight of E3 2017. And of course, I'm talking about Lawbreakers. So, um, hell no. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this, this, without a doubt, a smash hit for Cliffy B and company. But, uh, as, as we know, um, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, earlier this week, uh, you know, uh, Key Boss Productions announced a new Battle Royal game called Radical Heights. Um, and obviously, it, you know, it's a game that just came out. It's a game that will continue to support. Uh, from what I understand, when it came out at launch, you were unable to create a female players. I don't really know if they fixed that particular uh, issue yet. But um, a lot of people had a lot of questions about why this game was coming out so so quickly. And of course, we know how popular the Battle Royale uh, genre is right now. So um, I guess, Gary, you posed the question, was it a bad idea for Boss Key to release this battle royale game um i have some thoughts on this but I, i'm gonna let uh mr lugo go first because i believe you have something you wanted to say on this so so the floor is yours uh yeah i don't begrudge them for for making a game now or making something that capitalizes on this fad because right now the the whole uh pubg like style of game right now is a big fad it's a big hot thing right now at the current moment again look at fortnite and, and just some of the stuff that they added with that and clearly it's being successful so i don't begrudge a company to try to get in on the action of something that's really hot right now that's successful um do i think it makes them look good uh, honestly not from like a, a a visual standpoint from a distance i think that everybody's going to be like oh you're just trying to copy pubg like i don't think that they're really going to bring anything different and unique to the table even with the whole 90s like style or, or late 80s like you know visual aesthetic and the whole attitude and stuff i think that's fine i think it's a little bit passe and and maybe they need to kind of explore other ideas that might make this stand out a little bit more so than what's going on with the rest of the whole battle royal genre at the current moment uh i'm curious to know if people are actually going to dive in on this i don't think so because right now they have PUBG, they have fortnite they have overwatch you know even though that's not a bad that's not a, a PUBG battle royal style game but they have all these other online uh, shooters or multiplayer games that have real big followings right now that they could have great experiences with in one way or another. I don't see what uh, them making this, uh, making Radical Heights right now is really going to do or what it's going to offer to what people have or what gamers have right now that they can't get somewhere else. That I feel like is a question that I don't think that they've answered yet with this reveal. But maybe over time, maybe we see something different at E3 because that's the next big event that, that we're looking towards where we might get answers to a lot of these style of questions. Absolutely. Uh, one quick comment I will make on this is uh, so I will give them credit for just deciding that, you know, Lawbreakers isn't working. So we're going to step away from that. We're not going to bother doing any more work on that. That's fine. 
However, I also have to agree. I, I, I would like to hope that they would try and do something different. Don't try and, um, you know, the battle royal thing is popular right now, but they have there's a lot, that's a very a lot of competition in that particular field right now. So I don't really know if it's wise to do that unless you're going to do it different from the competition and do it extremely well. As Here's already- one thing I think we should acknowledge, though, Rich, is that a lot of these battle royal style games got popular because uh, different influencers and different uh, content creators and stuff picked them up that were very large and they got exposed to a lot of people and everybody wants to be in on the action like that. I mean, I think it was Fortnite that Drake and Ninja were playing in their last stream, right? So things like that is what perpetuates a lot of that community and a lot of that buzz for these style of games right now if if bosky really wanted to kind of get these this type of thing popping with their new game like that and not get drowned out by all the other ones that are already on the market they would look into something like that and really push it hard because even though that looks a little bit shady and looks a little bit weird from an optical standpoint that's a surefire way to make this successful from right out the gate because the people that love that style of game are going to look at someone that is kind of, again, someone they look towards or someone that has influenced a lot of popularity in order to kind of spark that interest and build that community right there from day one or ground zero. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Um, the only thing I, I would say is, in addition to that, though, the, the game itself has to be, there has to be something unique about it that could make it stand out from competition. You know, one of the things that Gary and I noticed when we pay, played Lawbreakers last year, there's a lot of stuff in this game that feels as though it, it has already been done in other games. So it doesn't really feel like there was anything unique about it. it even down to the characters, the way that they portray themselves, the, the, you know, the jumping off walls, a lot of that stuff has already been done. So that's what, what I'm, what I'm saying is that if you're going to present an idea, put it out there, I think it's important to think about how it's going to be different from everything else that's out there. And as I had mentioned before, there's a couple of things, you know, it had just came out. So it's a lot of stuff that the game doesn't quite have uh, right now, the Radical Heights game. So they're going to continue to support it, which is great. But I would think, you know, just knowing that it is Cliffy B's name attached to it, I don't think that's enough for, for somebody to get hyped now because of Lawbreakers, you know, because you look at the game, you're like, okay, this is the game that he's been working on. That's fine. But what is it about it besides him that's going to draw me into the experience? And I don't think that Lawbreakers had that. I don't really know if this game is going to have it yet either. But again, we will give them time and see how how all of this pans out. Um, but uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on Radical Heights? Because uh, I believe you are looking forward to this, to this, to, to trying out this game. No, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it looks very desperate um, because we, we're just coming off of the announcement that um, they're shutting down Lawbreakers. You know, there's going to be no new content and no new support for the game at all because, you know, the game was essentially a failure uh, because of the fact that it was, you know, it was a generic kind of clone with, with nothing original about it. So people didn't buy into it. And now, you know, as soon as that announcement comes out, you know, like, a week later almost um this announcement comes out that they're releasing a battle royale game tomorrow and like the first thing i see when i look at it i'm like this looks like fortnite like this looks exactly like fortnite so clearly they're just trying to create another unoriginal game based on something that's very popular which is battle royale you know um just like how lawbreakers was seen as a clone of overwatch and you know other games like that 
So it, it, it seems very desperate. But also, um, cause I'm hearing that like they, they basically made this game, like this game wasn't actually properly funded by, you know, the parent company or anything. Um, they just kind of did it themselves. So like, I guess while they, they, they were developing lawbreakers maybe or why they, why they were still being paid to develop stuff, they were making this as well. And the thing is, it's not even like fully finished or fully functional. So that's just extra bad because, you know, obviously Fortnite and PUBG are at the top of the food chain, but those two games have had like, you know, basically a year of updates to get to the point where they're at now. Cause of course people used to complain about PUBG and everything, but at that point it was still, it still had its own identity. It was still original enough for people to enjoy it. But you know, now Fortnite and PUBG are so popular like they're the go-to battle royale experiences why is anybody going to play radical heights when it's broken and you know it doesn't look good it doesn't run well so like at least if you're going to put this out perfect it first like make it perfect because people aren't just going to leave PUBG and Fortnite to play this like there's literally no reason to so that yeah that's my thoughts on it yeah, I agree with a lot of the thoughts said. <laughs> so how about you, Dana? Uh, are you interested in trying out Radical Heights? I looked at the game and it doesn't really just seem, it seems boring. Nothing about it seems original. And as you guys were, pre- were saying, is that it looks like a bunch of knockoffs of previous games. Um, I do believe that there will be some people who will purchase it. You know, just for just to have it to have it and just to see what happens. But I don't really see this making any type of a big splash, even the way how it was conceived. It just seems to be like a bunch of like throwaway ideas. And it was like, oh, let's just create this. And there wasn't much time or effort put into it. And I know that it's unfinished and PUBG was unfinished. But the thing is that PUBG, even though it was unfinished, was still good. And I obviously don't know how well this is. And from what we can see, it's not exactly we're not getting the full game. So I can't really give my opinion on that. But I can say that, um, sorry, I can say that I, I have no interest in this whatsoever. And I don't really see this making a big splash other than like the people who are behind it. But I think it'll be forgettable pretty soon. <laughs> so Plus there are other big things coming out. So no, bad timing overall. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So how about you, Max? I, I know you played a lot of Fortnite and uh, PUBG. So uh, are, you, are you planning on trying this out next? I'm actually, I've never touched PUBG. Um, I'd like to, but I've never touched it. Uh, I love Fortnite, though. Um, so I'm probably just going to stick with Fortnite when I do play Battle Royale. I think you guys pretty much said all the reasons why. Like, there's really nothing unique about this. And that's pretty apparent just from, like, first impressions. Like, it's pretty apparent that there's almost nothing here that's pulling us in. And honestly, I think Cliffy D is just kind of... I don't know what's up with him. I feel like even before Lawbreakers, he was just always just kind of doing his thing and no one was really paying attention. I feel like no one is still really paying attention to him. I don't know why he just, I don't know. He just kind of posts about his life and just goes about things. And then I don't know. He has like, what was it? I was looking on his Twitter the other day. He has like multiple hundred thousand followers and he has like no interaction on any of his tweets ever, unless it's like to shit on Lawbreakers or something. Um, So I think he's just kind of there now. I think he's just kind of, maybe washed up because his ideas just aren't very good right now. I mean, 
Lawbreakers, we also kind of from the start weren't very excited about, weren't very hyped. It's it's like Lawbreakers looked kind of cool, but it didn't look like anything unique or new or different. And it really wasn't from what I've heard. I actually didn't play it myself, but I watched a lot of gameplay and it looked just kind of like a lesser Overwatch. There were some cool little mechanics in it, but they were all kind of gimmicky, um, which is the issue. And then Radical Heights, I don't even know if Radical Heights is gimmicky stuff to like bring you in it just really seems like they're trying to capitalize on a trend here and like it's already too late for that anyways like i feel like even if this game was quote-unquote finished and like polished and everything i still feel like it'd be a bit too late no one's going to move from PUBG or fortnite like you guys said unless there was something entirely unique here and even i saw PUBG is starting to like branch out from just being battle royale i think they're doing a team deathmatch mode now like you can respawn and stuff so they're starting to branch into that you know and fortnite still has their like other game mode which is fun i really really like the fortnite pve i think it's very underrated um and people can always go play that as well and it's just with Radical Heights, you just have an inferior Battle Royale game. It's just kind of dumb. It's just kind of, I don't understand why they even thought this would be a good idea, uh, to be completely honest with you. Maybe they started it early on and then they just took their time with it and they missed the point of the point to do it, like the point to release where it would have been good, but I don't know. It's just, it just seems way too late. Just a dumb idea, in my opinion. Yeah, so, so very interesting uh, insight that you said. Uh, in, in your uh, as far as Joe, what, what you think about the game? So when we go to E3, I'm gonna let you ask Cliffy B directly. What the hell was he thinking when he decided to make this game? <laughs> I would absolutely love to. I actually, he, I saw him at. I was like almost right next to him at E3 actually last year. Um, so I would love to. Maybe that'll happen again, and I can just ask him. Yeah, like what the hell are you doing, man? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just seems like he's just kind of just bumming around off of his gears, money, and stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, whatever. You know, not everyone can just always keep doing that, I guess. Yeah, that's true. All right, and uh, Mr. Polanco, are we going to potentially see this game uh, played on Throwdown Plays? Or, yeah, uh, I, th- I think this is going to be the, the, the big game that everybody on Throwdown Plays. This is going to be the shit right now, man. Like, everybody <laughs> on this show is going to be playing this. Uh, okay, before I give my opinion, I want to read this tweet, right? This is this is from ex CEO Cass Harai, you know the that parody account on Twitter. He goes, "Radical Heights isn't Cliffy B's first battle royale game. Lawbreaker started with a hundred players online and very quickly only had one left." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> that oh, is fantastic. Man. That's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna miss that account, man, because he's gonna like close it down on you know after E3. Very sad. That that, that is my favorite Twitter account. But yeah, man, it, it, here's the thing. We talked about this on Throwdown. A couple of things, right? And, and I'm not trying to say this to be an asshole. I'm just being real, right? Do you, and this is more of a question for you guys. Do you feel that guys like Cliffy B, David Jaffe, KG, Nafune are kind of like washed up? You know, it's like they're kind of living off their past glories. They haven't really 100%. Produced any, yeah, they haven't, they haven't produced anything. Like you said, Max, like, Twitter, you know, Cliff B's just on Twitter talking about stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Kojima where he's still producing things. You know what I'm saying? Like things that people are actually excited for. Cliff B, yes, like, yeah, you got Unreal Tournament. You got, uh, un, you know, Gears of War. But after that, I haven't really done anything, man. You know, even David Jaffe is like everybody still gives some praise for the first God of War and Twisted Metal. But after that, what have he, has he really done? He hasn't done anything. 
you know so i don't know man again i i'm not saying these guys can't rebound or whatever they obviously can but you know the thing is if you're going to rebound and this is the other part i want to make it's like okay cliff beat unreal tournament and gears of war even though they were kind of inspired by other games they were still very original on their own right if you look at lawbreakers the fucking ripoff of um you know overwatch and stuff this shit's a ripoff of fortnite i'm like dude do something original man like if you want to be relevant again you got to do something original it's like and if you can't do something original maybe it's time to call it quits <laughs> you know i'm gonna say it's like so they're producing this dreck because i'm sorry this looks bad you know and i think don't they have like a beta of this shit or alpha and from what i'm hearing it's not that good either you know so i don't know man i don't know if i exactly made a point here but you know i'm just trying to say it's like i think cliffy b not trying to shit on the guy because obviously mad respect for him think he may want to consider if he can't do anything like worthwhile maybe it's time to just have an early retirement man you know well hey um i i can't argue with anything you said uh yeah i mean we'll see what happens i'm I'm very curious to see if this if this game actually picks up any steam because i'm pretty sure there may be some people that might play it but uh We'll see. I, 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 I like, like, like you say. You know, I, I definitely expect uh, better, better, better ideas, better, better, better things from this guy, especially being that he worked on Gears of War. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. We'll have to wait and see how everything pans out. I guess. But uh, <laughs> I believe that's it. Uh, unless you, unless any, anyone else has any other thoughts on this topic. Yeah, real quick, like because. Remember when um, Cliffy B was making the excuse that Lawbreakers wasn't selling because PUBG was doing so well? So it w- was his um, response to that to make his own Battle Royale game, like his own knockoff PUBG? Is that what it is? That's a good question. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's a very, yeah, that's a very must good question. I don't know. I remember him saying that, and it was like, there is a there is somewhat of a point to that. Like, yes, people are playing these games over playing other games. There is a point to that, but I think at the end of the day, that is nowhere near the reason Lawbreakers was not successful. Like, those people still would, like, buy Lawbreakers. They just maybe wouldn't be playing it as much. Like, those people, the people that don't exclusively just play, like, Fortnite and stuff, they still buy other games. They just mostly play, like, Fortnite and everything. Like, um... Lawbreakers didn't sell at all. It's like that audience, it is a similar audience. And again, he has some say there, but it's not the thing that like ruined Lawbreakers. It's not like that's the reason the game did not success, uh, didn't see any success at all. That doesn't make any sense. That's just a dumb excuse. And if he's, if this is really his reasoning now is like, oh yeah, we'll just make our own. Like that's just sad. Kind of, that's pretty sad. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Well, I wish them well, and uh, we'll see what comes from this game. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead. And let's move on to the next topic. Uh, and actually, Dana, these there these this particular these next two topics are some some things that you definitely wanted to to talk about. So the floor is yours. Okay, so first off, I wanted to say that I've been to a couple movie screenings, and um, the ones that I can talk. Oh, I said that was me. Okay, sorry. So the ones that I can talk about is one I just saw. I feel pretty the the uh, 
oh god amy schumer movie um about her being you know an ugly duckling and not having any self-confidence because she's an ugly duckling she hits her head um she ends up with a concussion and now she thinks she's magically beautiful because of this concussion um it sounds really awful sounds really really bad for your confidence and self-esteem it was a pretty decent movie i would say it's like on the level of of a lifetime movie network on a saturday but it still made me chuckle it wasn't that bad so i don't recommend you run out and see it but like wait until it comes on actual lifetime another movie that i did see was transylvania 3 uh that's for the kids it's animated it's the third movie in the transylvania um series this time they go on vacation and uh basically the the dracula character that's played by um adam oh gosh i'm sorry adam sandler he's being hunted down and he is trying to just basically find love survive everyone has like their own little separate stories the whole family they are all involved with college and finding love and romance and he's alone and he tries dating again so it's really cute it's a fun little movie so you guys can take your kids or your grandkids or i don't know your cousins nieces and kidnap a kid and go see that movie that was decent also now one of the big things that we have going on is the grandfather or even the godfather of all of comic book superhero legend stan lee He's been having a very, very tough time. He has been suffering elder abuse and money issues ever since his wife died. He is 95 years old. He is still grieving over the death of his wife, um, who died very recently in 2017. And now he's in a nasty battle with his care and with his estate as well. Um, back in February, he had was a little bout of ammonia and that was about... Um, you know, he wasn't feeling well. He ended up in the hospital. And so he ended up with his daughter who was basically, you know, trying to care for him and it just wasn't going out well. Um, then it ended up with, he has a manager that he's known for decades and decades that has been basically, he says has been stealing all of his money, has been keeping him in his home, has not been allowing him to go outside, do his appearances as normal, you know, live the life that Stanley always led before. And so now he's in a battle with him. There's a lot of money issues going on. And he's also claiming that the manager is trying to steal his blood, like actually have like the nurse come in with the syringe, take his blood so that he could sell it online along with other of Stanley's merchandise and possessions. And that, you know, it's so horrible. And his friends are gathering around him and his family. What's left, you know, and they're saying that their greatest fear is that he'll become homeless and destitute. And so he's in this lawsuit and right now they're just trying to fight for his estate, which is now worth between 50 and $70 million. Um, but everything is just in limbo. And a lot of people are coming in and they're trying to take over, you know, his power of attorney now that he's older and, you know, he's not in that great state that he was before. And the death of his wife really contributed to like the decline of his health. So Many thoughts and prayers, and hopefully he's able to fight this battle. And this is a terrible thing that's going on with him. The second story is that we are still going to get a Batgirl movie. Warner Brothers is determined to give us another sucky movie. They don't care. Um, 
this time it was supposed to be Josh Whedon, as we knew before, but he's dropped out and he's like, you know, I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. And now we have Christina Hod- Hodgson, who wrote the upcoming Transformers spinoff Bumblebee. She's now going to write the script that is going to feature Barbara Gordon, who is the daughter of Gotham City Police Commissioner James Gordon. Barbara Gordon, you know, she's came out in 1967. Tony knows a lot more about this. And she's been a very established character. Um, however, they're going to take a little bit of freedom with this. They said it's going to be like the comic books. They didn't say which one, but they're going to find their own independent you know, path towards it. So it's inspired by the comic books. Um, so basically, we're still going to get get that movie. We have don't know what day, we don't know what year. Nothing has really been released aside from we have a new writer. Um, we also know that Batgirl is going to be featured in an all-female crime-fighting group called Birds of Prey, which may also feature Harley Quinn. So DC is still trying to give us a bunch of, of movies that nobody asked for. So that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, real quick, because uh, that that last story was like, uh, shouts to Wesley. Wesley actually wanted us to talk about that. He asked the question, actually, and he said, um, do you think the Batgirl movie is actually going to be good without Joss Whedon? Um and uh, he also noted that Joss Whedon was probably removed from the movie because of the, you know, the um, the stuff that came out about him, you know, the sexist stuff and all that. So, but he he basically wanted to know, you know, if we still think the movie is going to be good. Josh Whedon doesn't break or make a movie. You know, we had Patty Jenkins, and she was pretty decent for what she did, but yeah. It you know wasn't that great, but it was still decent. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say something that that might be a little controversial. Um, although with everyone on this show, I highly doubt that. I personally don't think uh, anything that DC does is gonna be good until I am proven uh, otherwise. You know, Wonder Woman was was a good movie. It it wasn't perfect. It had its issues. Uh, but every other movie that they have done, I have not been impressed with any of them. So um, that track record, they're still going to have to work to repair that because a lot of people still don't like Batman versus Superman. Um, so I think it's going to take a while. Now, obviously, um, with this movie here, a, a lot of people, you know, they, they love the, this particular franchise. They love Batman. So definitely going to check it out. But it all depends how it comes together. Who was behind the movie? What what uh, the trailer, what it looks like when they start releasing trailers, stuff like that. But for right now, uh, in terms of DC and the live action movies, I, I will always take a wait and see before I will say. But I, I pretty much it's they've all been negative to some extent, with the exception of Wonder Woman. That's the only one that I was like, OK, this is fine. And even that movie still has some issues. But that's just my opinion. But the biggest concern for me is that Josh Whedon gave his excuse. And he was like, you know, the reason why I had to drop out was because I couldn't even come up with a story. So if you have everyone in DC and they can't come up with a story, that seems to be a larger p- problem than anything. So that's my main concern. You can't even come up with a story. Oh. 
How I, sad is that? And you had and he's been attached to it for about over a year, and over a year you still can't come up with anything. <laughs> and he made this excuse, you know. Yes, it was a little bit after the whole allegations, but he was very adamant that he couldn't think of anything. So, so I want to ask Tony, what does he think? Because I know I know he said a lot of times DC the animated movies are better than the live action. Do, do you have faith in this? Uh, Live action Batgirl movie, or you don't Fuck care about no. it? Fuck no. I don't have faith <laughs> in any DC movies, man. Been fucking it up. You know, I, I pretty much agree with you, man. And this whole thing, you know, Josh Whedon directing a Doctor Ray, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. This movie's going to be trash. Uh, these people need to get their shit together, man. And you, by the way, not to get too off topic, but you heard what they're doing with the, with the Flash movie, right? How are you going to have the first Flash movie be the one where he resets time? I'm like, come on, man. It's dumb. It's clear they have no idea what they're doing here, man. No Since faith in this movie. Batman versus Superman is erased from our memory. Yeah, right. Yeah, can you can you go back in time and erase that filth? You know, come on, man. No, so I, again, I don't really have too much to say because it's just going to be negative. I, I have no faith in these DC movies, these Warner Brothers movies at all. You know, until they get somebody new in there to really run shit right, I don't have any faith in this nonsense. What else do they have? I know they got Batgirl. They got something else coming out. I don't have faith in any of this shit. Well, yeah, they have the all-female villain movie that's coming yeah, out. That's right. Have, oh, God, don't they have like a like a? No, no, that, that's the animated one. I was thinking about the Suicide Squad. The animated DC movies are fine, by the way, people. You go watch those. Don't watch the yeah, live action ones. Gaslight, especially in Batman Ninja, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so they have that, and they they're bringing back the Cyborg movie because Black Panther did so well. So they're like, yay, black people love seeing black characters. <laughs> so they're gonna shove cyborg as at us thinking that you know because it's black we're gonna flock to it this is what's wrong with hollywood right now this is what's wrong with them let's go back to deadpool for a second right they see deadpool they're like oh people want to see radar movies no the movie did well because it was a good movie now they're seeing black panther oh they want to see black movies like no they want to see good movies black panther did well because it's a good fucking movie and it's a great character and i'm sorry black panther is a way better character than cyborg and i guarantee you that cyborg movie is gonna flop if it comes out you know look at yeah. it they keep canceling his comic books they keep canceling cyborg's comic books for a reason the character is just not that good i'm sorry cyborg works well in a team not by himself black panther works you know come on man and and also we're getting the the Black Adam movie and Dwayne Johnson gave an update and he's like it's going to come out in 2019. so right yeah whatever <laughs> well I, I I will say this since since you brought that up since you mentioned Dwayne Johnson I will just make this comment and this may also be considered controversial uh, I saw Rampage the other day and um, uh. I will say this uh, as I've said before all the DC movies I haven't liked any of them. Rampage had a lot of issues, but I still enjoyed that better than all the DC movies I've seen, with the exception of Wonder Woman. So that's that's all I'll say about that. Obviously, well, that it's the best video game adaptation. Is that true? Uh, I don't I don't know if I would go that far. Um, I wouldn't say that. I mean, uh, the thing is, they they changed a couple of things with the storyline. Uh, you know, so it's not completely like the game. It's just, uh, you know, the, the relationship that that uh, Dwayne Johnson has with the actual uh, creatures, namely the gorilla, George, they call him. That was a little funny back and forth thing. You know, a lot of jokes that some people will be like, oh, well, they feel like they've seen that joke before, but it's still funny to see no matter how many times you've seen it. 
And then the whole thing with the uh, people, it's just it's some stupid villains in, 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 in the movie, which I also find funny because, of course, they get what's coming to them at the end. But the stupid villains that think they can control these creatures that are now massive, it's just absolutely, absolutely retarded. But I mean, it's a it's a dumb, fun movie. If if you understand what I what, what I mean when I say that, you know. So if you go into this movie and you're not expecting a fantastic storyline or anything else, just dumb, funny stuff, then yeah, you'll you'll have a great time. Um, but yeah, I did saw that and I laughed through most of the movie, so I don't have any any negative things to say. But I, I as I said. I definitely enjoyed it more than I have enjoyed uh, some of these DC movies that I've seen as of late. So um, DC has a lot of work to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And also Kevin Smith is like, he wants uh, Warner Brothers DC to make a Batman horror film instead. That would be interesting. Hmm. I wonder what that would look like. Uh, if done right. Yeah, it, Batman Gaslight was kind of horror. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's we'll 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 see we'll see what they do. I mean, they they have a lot of options of things that they can do, but all I know is they they need to work on putting out some better movies in in, in general. So we'll see. And don't forget, we also have Aquaman coming up. So yay! Oh yeah, oh yeah. Gary's looking forward to that. That's in November. So that's uh that's the only DC movie they got released in the, this year. So no, yeah. Oh no, is it? I think, oh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, they they, yeah. they 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 aren't even going to try to compete with uh, Marvel's other movies. So that's <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah. All right. So I think we can now move on to the main topic. I'm pretty sure this is the topic that everybody wanted to hear. They came to the show today specifically to, to talk, hear us talk about this. Obviously, we need to talk about God of War. Uh, now, I know reviews came out uh, this past week, um, and I've seen nothing but tens, various websites, people saying that it is the greatest game of this generation. So before we get into that topic, uh, Mr. Polanco, please feel free to let us know about more about God of War. All right. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Ruthless right now in the chat. Yo, my man is tripping right now, son. Uh, now, okay, so we're going to talk about an exclusive game right now, Ruthless, so just be prepared. Exclusive, must-have, system seller. All right, so yeah, um, first of all, I want to publicly thank Sony for sending me a copy early. You know, I was very uh, humbled by that. And Rich, as you know, last weekend, all I did was just play this game. I went ham. Like, I didn't stop. It was like I, like I only stopped to eat, sleep, and shit, and shower. That's it. Other than that... It was just this game nonstop, and oh my god, like everything you you read, you know, especially my review of the game, wink wink over at geek.com, it's it's all true, man. This is like a, a generation defining game, man. Like we we've had really good games this generation, but I think this one really takes things to a whole other level. Not only that, but it really reinvents the the fr- the franchise without like destroying it. Like I know people were worried that. Like, this is going to be radically different. They thought the game was going to be a walking simulator. It's going to be a bunch of QTs. I don't know where all this stuff comes from, by the way. Um, but no, it's nothing like that. Like, don't get me wrong. The first couple of hours, to me, it felt very different than other God of War games just because of the camera angle. But I didn't realize that until a, a few hours. I'm like, oh, wait, wait. It's just the camera angle that's weird and yawn now because I'm, you're still, you know, going through like these, you know, mythical lands. You're fighting crazy creatures. You're doing puzzles. Um, 
platforming. I'm like, it, so it's basically a standard God of War game just from a different point of view. But because of that point of view, because the camera is always behind Kratos and there's never any cutaways in the game either. It's like if something happens, like the camera will just swing away or whatever from Kratos, but it doesn't, it never cuts. So it kind of creates this like more personal feeling because you're always there with Kratos. Kratos is always on screen no matter what. You know, it, it really creates a, 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 a dynamic that hasn't been seen before. And then, of course, you've got the fact that, you know, his son is there with him now. He has a, a boy named Atreus, and he, he has a new dynamic because Kratos is obviously, like, old and bitter and jaded and shit. And you have the kid, you know, he, he's never really got, he's never left his home because he was sick or whatever. But he everything you see, he's experiencing for the first time. So you kind of get that awe and wonder of the game through the kid you know he, he's just experiencing all this stuff for for the first time and then you also see another side of kratos because kratos obviously been this big badass murderer and shit but now you know he's like you know being a loving father being a loving father in kratos's world by the way he's still a hard an asshole you know but you know he, he's taking care of this kid and shit which is really cool and the kid isn't just there you know as like a filler like he he is like your extended weapon too because he shoots bows and arrows you can tell him when to shoot how you know um different weapons to use and stuff or attacks to use so that's really good and you know here's another thing i want to talk about the the graphics i didn't really get too deep into it i i find it interesting how people are, are saying oh this game is graphically on the level of a naughty dog game and the reason I find that interesting, like, if you really think about it, every God of War game, even the ones on the PSP, have pushed graphical boundaries. The first one, like, looked like nothing else out there. The, the second game looked like a PS3 game before the PS3 was even out. You know, the third one looked insane. And then, even till today, people will tell you the two God of War games on PSP, like, no PSP games look as good as those. So this one, obviously, was going to look as good. And it looks insane. Like, I really love the, the way everything was rendered. The... You know, the monsters, Kratos, the, the giant mountains, the, these crazy giant structures. Everything is just really done with a lot of detail, but it still retains uh, like a specific art style. And I also love how lush the game is. Like there's just so much going in there. Very vibrant colors going on. And here's the other interesting thing that a lot, a lot of people aren't talking about. The game doesn't really have a lot of characters in it, like speaking characters, but I feel that's to its benefit because it helps you get deeper into each character you get to understand their motivations and all that which is something god of war games have kind of touched on before but this one really delves deeper into why you know what motivates each character so i really enjoyed that and also you know you know from a gameplay standpoint it's it's really satisfying the combat is on point even though i will admit it's a little bit more difficult now because the because since the camera's so closer you know, it's kind of hard to tell when enemies are going to attack, even though the game does, there's like a, there's a bar behind you, right? And basically, if you see like a yellow arrow, I mean, enemies about to attack you for dread, you're going to get hit, so you could dodge and stuff, but it's not 100% perfect. It feels like the camera is better suited for one-on-one -on -one battles, which are really, really good for the boss battles. Boss battles in this are insane, you know? But yeah, again, all that hype, all that stuff you've been hearing... It's all true, man. This is the game to get. If you got a PlayStation, get this game. If you don't have a PlayStation, get a PlayStation and get this game. This is the real deal, people. You need to get this. Absolutely. So, so okay, Gary, first and foremost, I have a question for you. And thank yeah. you for that review as well, Mr. Polanco. Um, right. so, so, Gary, I know you are also a God of War fan. Uh, 
What are your thoughts on the game now after hearing what Tony had to say about it? And, and of course, you know, you've reviewed a lot of all the other God of War games on the website. So are you looking forward to this game? Do you think uh, the high scores are, you know, justified? Well, you probably can't answer that yet because you haven't played it yet. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on God of War? Yeah, um, like I knew from the beginning this game was going to be like dope no matter what because like, you know, you're used to that level of quality with God of War games. Now, of course, we were probably all a little worried at first with the, you know, the the different uh, perspective with the child added in and everything, like the different take that they're going for. But, you know, the all the, the reviews have done is kind of validate validated my thoughts in that you know um sony santa monica are great at what they do they know these god of war games inside out and they know how to make a good god of war game so um even ascension which is the weakest of the god of war games is still good in my opinion like this this story the single player mode was actually good in my opinion it just didn't it it was kind of milked because the story didn't need to exist or anything but um, it was still a good game, like the core game itself. So they they've never actually made a bad game. Um, so yeah, I, I've expected this to be good, and I've avoided watching like the latest trailers and everything, just because you know I want I want it to be special when I finally get to play it. Um, so I avoided a lot of the most recent trailers and spoilers and things of that nature. I did listen to what Tony had to say on the throwdown, just because you know. Um, I, I view Tony as a very credible source and I like I respect his opinions on games so I wanted to hear what he thought of it um but that's really the most I've read up on on the game so far but I am really excited to play it um one thing is though because I know Tony you did say it was a, a difficult game and that it kicked your ass a little bit um oh, yeah. would, would you say that it's like comparable to Dark Souls in the difficulty like are you are people going to struggle with the game some people are, but I, I wouldn't put it to Dark Souls difficulty. The, you know, the few games reach that level, but this one, it, it, you kind of have to be more just aware of your surroundings more. Like, because in God, previous God of War games, you know, you kind of want to go ham on an enemy doing crazy combos. This one, you kind of want to do like a mini combo and then roll out the way because somebody will hit you from behind, you know. And the game, you know, you do have a shield, so you can use that. And if you're really good at it, I'm still trying to master this myself. You can actually parry attacks you know and if you if you're really ill with parrying and if you're really good with because kratos is able to do like a 180 turn if you're able to do that like i think you get really really good like i'm curious to see with like super skilled gamers you're going to be able to do with this game i'm pretty sure they're gonna you know fly right through it but your average gamer you know they're gonna need to like put a little bit more into it because uh, the game you know and i consider myself a seasoned gamer so if i was having a little bit of a, a problem with this i'm pretty sure some average gamers are gonna have like a little bit of a hard time too but definitely not anywhere near as like crazy as dark Souls. i remember i'm not gonna name any names but i know there was one reviewer who said that the game was ruined for him because of one boss battle i'm like Boss battles are the easy part of the game, bro, because it's just you and the boss, you know? <laughs> it's very interesting. I'll tell you guys that name afterwards, but yeah. But no, but it, I think regular people, they're going to have to just step it up a little bit. You got to get good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not impossible, like Dark Souls. That's good. I'm, I'm all for, you know, adding a bit of difficulty to games because a lot of them are, like, super easy nowadays. 
and um games used to be like really fun and challenging so i think we need to kind of get back to that a little bit um but yeah also i wanted to say with regards to the graphics um and what you guys talked about earlier you know comparing it to uncharted i've always just seen uncharted and god of war as the the two top games that kind of push the boundaries of the playstation period like yeah. um, in in the ps3 area it was always those two games like that kind of pushed you know the boundaries and everything uh, of course this generation you've had some really amazing games like horizon uh the order 1886 looked amazing um but we're at a point now where you know we're a bit further along and we have the ps4 pro so i imagine that this is probably going to be the best looking um game on the playstation 4 period um and i guess tony can confirm whether that's correct you have a pro right tony yeah we man yo when we play this on the pro son it's on a whole other level man because okay it's not it doesn't reach 60 frames locked or whatever but it's definitely more than 30 frames and that smoothness you definitely feel it in the combat you know uh, don't get me wrong like you know if you played on a normal playstation you're still going to be you know you're still going to be good to go but on the pro you get that added bonus of either the performance mode which enhances the frame rates or a uh, resolution mode and i heard i haven't seen it myself i don't have a 4k tv but i heard that in 4k hdr this shit is like really legit it already looks beautiful on my 1080p tv so i could only imagine what it looks like on a 4k television you know yeah yeah i, I can't wait to see how good it looks um i would imagine that this is probably going to be the best looking playstation game until lost of us 2 maybe so. Yeah, I agree with that. I, and I, I believe this game is going to help the PlayStation outsell the PlayStation 4 outsell the PS3 this year. I honestly believe that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Like, lifetime sales is going to happen this year. Mark my words. They just got two sales last week, me and my brother. So, there you it's go. Working. <laughs> there you go. Let, let me ask you, Max, are you excited for uh, God of War, the, the new one? I am incredibly excited. I am hyped as hell, especially after seeing your review and everything and everyone saying it's one of the best games of the generation. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm very excited for this. <laughs> day one, day one. There you go. See Ruthless, man. Exclusives, man. Honestly, I had I'd kind of forgotten that God of War was coming out so soon, so it was just like almost fate that I bought the PS4 like last week. <laughs> yeah, that's completely pretty, honest with you. Is. So, like, it's pretty funny because I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, God of War is coming out soon." Like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And Gary, I actually did do with what you did. I actually stayed away from you know previews or even videos of God of War as much as possible, and I really think that helped me enjoy it more because I went in like I knew it took place in Norse lands. I knew he had a son or whatever, but other than the basic shit, I went in pretty clean. So I think that's definitely the best way to do that. So. Uh, if I were you, just for the next five days, just stay underground, make sure nobody spoils nothing, and go in fresh, man. That's definitely the best way to experience it. Yeah, man. The, the only thing that I um, actually saw was that um, he has like a Thor-like weapon, that, that the axe that kind of comes back to him. And I can't wait to do that for the first time. Like, that, I think that's going to feel amazing. Yeah, the axe okay. feels really good, and and that's not really a spoiler. Every you know they 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 want you to know he has an axe in this game, and yeah, that axe is like the way it comes back to you and you grab it is really satisfying, man. And you can do some ill combos with it because, like for example, you throw the axe at an enemy, right? You know, and he gets knocked down, he gets back up, and you call the axe, and the axe hits him in the back and knocks him down again. It's crazy, man. 
Nice. And also, I'm going to say this without spoiling anything. The axe is not your only weapon in the game. I- I'm going to leave it at that. Remember, other God of War games, you've had other weapons. You didn't just have one weapon. You had most. You had, a- you had multiple weapons. Same thing in this one. Without spoiling anything, how's the kid? Is the kid annoying? Does the kid get in the way? Does it take you out of the game or does it add to it? Yes, that great question because here's the thing. This isn't about kids in general, but when you played The Last of Us, right? Ellie mm-hmm. kind of got, you know, it's like you're trying to sneak around and she's running around like crazy. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, um, that kind of got annoying. But in this one, there's no, this is God of War. There's no stealth. <laughs> you don't have to worry about stealth. But is the kid annoying? Um, I'm going to, okay, a little bit, but that's just because, Dana, you know how I feel about children. Um, (laughs) in that sense a little bit when he starts like being a little kiddish but no for the most part especially towards the end of the game when he because remember he goes on a journey himself so i would say in the beginning he was a little annoying and shit but by the end it's like yeah atreus you're the man bro you're the man so you went i did end up really liking him by the end of the game you know halfway through the game i'm like yeah this guy's cool does it take you through the journey of the kid? Are you like, are you able to play from childhood to his adulthood, or how does that work? Is it just him in like one time period, and you also play as the father, or yeah, no, yeah you're Kratos. You control Kratos the entire time, and the game. This, I, I hope this isn't a spoiler, but no, it is. The game does not take place over the course of years. It takes place maybe over the course of like a month or so. You know. Oh, okay. But but they, but even yeah but yes. but even you know, I'm sorry but um but but you do see growth like personal growth with a kid in that time. Okay. But, yeah. Go ahead. Any type of big major death that we all you know theorized. He can't I, don't know, I, I can't say can't yes say or no. I can't say no. Yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> you can PM him that question. Yeah. <laughs> Dana's trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Just trying to get some answers. Yeah. No, it did. It's wonderful, and it seems wonderful. And I read your review, which only made me more happier and hyped for the game. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm happy that him. it wasn't distracting because that was my main thing. When you add children to games, things go on. That's like you just want that main story. So overall, could you say that this game enhanced the franchise? It not only did it, it did it enhance it, it reinvigorated it because I'm a huge God of War fan. I've been playing the God of War game since the first one. I already felt that the the series had ran its course. If you were to make another God of War game in the same style, I feel it wouldn't have been as well received because it's just the same boring old ideas. This one really reinvigorated. And I I am excited about God of War again. Like, by can the, when you the, rank them? what happened? Can you rank them after playing God of War four? Yes. What? Yes, I guess we're going to do that now. Um, I I got asked this during Throwdown. Um, God of War One will always be my top favorite game. No, no God of War game will ever overtake that one. Um, Just because you know you got to experience Kratos for the first time, the whole world it was just very fresh, very new, original. So that one's always going to be the number one. This one, it's my number two God of War game. I know that may be controversial. Yes, I, I like this game more than three. I like it certainly like it more than two, and I even like it more than than the um than the PSP ones, which I love. This one is legit, man. And I think part of the reason for that, just like the first God of War, even though 
you, if you have played the other God of War games, you're definitely going to get a little bit more out of it. But you can go into this one clean and be satisfied. It doesn't leave off leave off on a cliffhanger or anything like that. It's a self contained story for the most part. Even though it does set up future games, it is still a story into itself. You know, and I really enjoyed that. That sounds good. Yeah, see, you, you guys a- answered a lot of questions that I, I, I was going to, to ask myself. So I there I, I did have a, one other question, but before I asked that question, I wanted to ask, so so Dana, Max, Gary, you have any other questions you like to propose to Tony about God of War? No, no. I want to go in dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, just like me. Hey, listen, I also avoided a lot of trailers. Uh, all I saw was Tony's review. I'm not going to bother looking at any videos nothing because i want to go into the experience just completely you know not with any with no 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 other expectations so but here's the question i want to ask obviously and i will also give a shout out to rufus in the chat uh i did see that over the last couple of days in addition to the game getting a lot of high scores i even saw phil spencer congratulate uh sony santa monica on the game as well and also in seeing that particular congratulation tweet, I also saw news that he is saying that they definitely feel inspired to do more with Xbox's first party lineup. So that's great. But the question I wanted to ask is, um, you know, I know I know we've had some people in this chat today talking about the exclusives are not important. I, I I don't know if you guys agree with that or disagree with that, but uh, I just basically wanted to pose the question of, I know you, Tony, you said that this is the best game this generation. Now, do you think that that might change depending on when Last of Us 2 comes out, depending on whatever happens with uh, uh, Death Stranding? Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man, Death Stranding. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm just curious because when I hear the best game of this generation, I, I, I think to myself, well, I don't think that the PS4 cycle is over yet. So I don't know if that game is going to still be at that level. But I'm just curious, do you think that there's any other any, any of these other games will have a chance at topping that? Or do you think that, no, this is definitely, hands down, the best game so far this generation? Yeah, and, and that's the key thing right there. So far, it is the best game of generation so far. The generation isn't over yet. Uh, just this year alone, we're going to get Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption 2, right? So those are already heavy contenders you know, or possibilities for game of the generation right there. And Last of Us 2 obviously is going to be dropping. So I'm not going to say like this cannot be overturned or whatever, but at this moment, it is definitely the best game of the generation, you know, and and definitely the best exclusive at this point, you know. Um, But I do want to touch on what you said about Phil Spencer, right? Because very interesting because this is the same guy that came out to say last year that single player games are just not important anymore. It's all about these multiplayer you know, um, whatever. What, what do they call them? It's like pay to win games or what? I forgot the games as a service. That games as a service, That's, right? Games yeah. as a service games are more important. I'm like, find that very interesting that this game, Persona Five, Horizon Zero Dawn, Near Automata, Uncharted Four, Bloodborne. I could go on. All these single player games are proving him wrong. Yes, don't get me wrong. Those games as a service games definitely make a lot of money, right? And they do have longevity in that sense. But 
they're not games that you're going to really like they're not games that you're going to like not to sound too corny they're not going to stick with you in your heart you know what i'm saying you're not really going to feel anything for them they're just activity games you know what i'm saying that's all it is these aren't games that really inspire the imagination that really make you think about the world in a different way they're not like that they're just games that are just purely there for you to just waste time in right uh so i I find this very interesting that this one game has now made phil spencer and possibly the xbox team reconsider and i think that's a good thing because xbox this generation has really lacked any meaningful single player games i I can't even name any right now like quantum break was okay but it you know i I already forgot about that shit you know um so yeah i I hope yeah, Reek. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, no. That that was Max's. No, Max enjoyed that game. Um, I, I core with a passion. Yeah. By the way, I, I need I need to throw some fuel to the fanboy shit right now. I need to do it. Got to do yeah. it. I find it very interesting that Mike Ibarra, Phil Spencer, Major Nelson all came out to congratulate Sony. Who didn't congratulate Sony? Mm. Come on, you know who. Well, certain... Who was that? Nintendo? No, no. It, from from the Microsoft camp, you have four big guys. Aaron Greenberg. Aaron Greenberg. Uh-huh. Aaron Greenberg. The guy who eggs on the fanboys, right? Very interesting. He didn't give any congratulations. If I'm wrong, let me see that. But I have. I didn't see him congratulate Sony. Very interesting. Very telling too. You know. Hmm, man. But yeah, no, this game, again, I'm glad that it's you know, potentially going to make uh, Microsoft reconsider things because right now, the way Xbox is going, it's not going to be relevant in, in the next couple of years. Like when, when the Xbox 2 comes out, no one's going to give a fuck if they keep going in the same direction. You know, they need to change things, man. Um, so yeah, we'll see about that. But yeah, going back to um, God of War, I do need to say this, though. Just to even things out, right? Because I made fun of the Xbox fanboys. I need to say something about the Sony fanboys, right? These guys were as hyped for the dropping of the review scores as they were for the game. And that makes no sense to me. It's like, they're like, oh my God, don't you see this game's great? This is the greatest thing ever. I'm like, did you play it? Do you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it's weird. Like to celebrate the the lifting of review embargo is weird to me. And I've seen guys; they've admitted it. They're, they made that 95 Metacritic score their desktop icon. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? That, that's crazy to me. Yeah, there are people who made that their Twitter AVI too. Yeah, which yeah, is really, really weird. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the you know, and they had to change it. Remember, Max? Because first it was ninety four, then it yeah. was ninety five. Yeah, and then they made their names like Metacritic ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. We both, yeah, we both know why they do that because they want to piss off the Xbox fanboys. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly, exactly. It's silliness because I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I understand getting hyped for a game. I understand getting excited. Those, those are good things, right? Those are positive things, but. I don't know. I, I feel a lot of this excitement is really coming from the fact that the, the Sony ponies have like more ammunition against the Xbox, you know, which is kind of sad, but I guess it shouldn't be surprising in this day and age, you know, but besides all that nonsense. Yeah. Th- again, this is the game to get. You need to play this game. You need to experience it. It's, it's fucking amazing, man. I'm hyped. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. And, and, and once again, um, one, uh, one thing I will say, uh, uh, you know, also, like I said, God of War, great game. Uh, I, I've said this 
publicly on Twitter before. I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. Um, when a company shows you that they are committed to make to making great uh, titles, period, you got to give them props. You know, Sony, as you guys already mentioned, you know, God of War is out next week. We know Spider-Man's coming out. We also know that uh, earlier this year they released Shadow of the Colossus, which was a fantastic uh, game in and of itself, a, a remake but the way that they remade it was just fantastic. Um, and then you also got Detroit Become Human. That's coming out next month. A lot of people have skipped over that game thinking, oh, that won't be, that won't do anything. I know a couple of those people because I've, I've spoken to them. But yeah, I mean, it's no doubt about it. Whether or not uh, the game may not be for every single type of person out there, you have to give Sony credit for having a diverse lineup of games that they are putting out there in front of people to play. So I give them props on that. And as for Xbox, you know, we'll see what happens with Xbox. Um, as I said, Sea of Thieves, that's not really a game that I have even had a chance to really get into. I know Max loves the game. So, you know, it's a difference of opinion. Uh, and then, of course, they have State of Decay 2 coming out next month. Crackdown, we haven't heard anything about Crackdown. So, obviously, Microsoft has a lot to talk about at this E3 show coming up here in June. And I'm very curious to hear what they have to say. But um, we'll just have to wait and see uh, what they have planned for the future. Uh, and this could be a very much be a situation whereas the Xbox One obviously doesn't really have a lot of major titles or major exclusives that drop. But the next console, next generation, maybe they will have a lot of stuff by then to, you know, keep gamers enticed for those that prefer Xbox. But until then, no doubt about it, I'm pretty sure, you know, just as much as they send out the congratulatory tweets, there, there has to be a part of them thinking, man, we really have to get our lineup to this level. Because everyone is thinking, can Xbox release games at this same level of quality? And I think it is possible, but I mean, it takes time to really, you know, takes time. And they also have to trust these studios to actually give them freedom to do other stuff. Like, we go back to Quantum Break, and we spoke about this on the show before. Quantum Break is was a game that, you know, you've heard you've heard the studio say before, they wanted to work on the, the next uh, Alan Wake. And Microsoft told them, no, we want you to work on Quantum Break. So that is an example right there. When the devs want to do something, maybe you should let them do it. Especially because Alan Wake is a game that would have done better anyway, because everybody has been waiting for a sequel to, the, to that story. So... Again, give Xbox the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see whatever Phil Spencer has planned for the future. But just in general, to not make it just about Xbox and PlayStation, I'm just, whenever a good game comes out, I'm glad, and I want to enjoy the game. So I will give props to whoever whoever it is, whether it's on Xbox, Nintendo, or, or, or PlayStation. If it's a great game, I will give props, and, and I will give them credit for that. It's simple as that. So anybody that doesn't want to pick up God of War, that's, that's fine, you know, if they don't want to. But uh, there's a reason why the game is getting high praise. I, at least, would, would be interested enough to see why that is, so I would give it a try. But that's just my opinion. But um, <laughs> that's all I had to say on the matter. Uh, any other thoughts on God of War before we uh, wrap up today's show? Get the game. That's all I'm saying. Get the game, man. Get two copies if you need to. Buy one for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, actually, you know what? I'll do this during the shout-out part. I was about to give a quick shout-out, but I'll do that for my for that part. 
Okay. Okay. All right. So I believe uh, that concludes our show for this week. Um, thank you all for listening, uh, checking out the show. We, you know, regardless of if you're watching live or listening later on the download, we appreciate the continued support. So, uh, Tony, how about you give your shout outs first? All right. First, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Egress, uh, Sergio Curell, who actually won our God of War contest. You know, big shout out to him. He's been a big supporter of Throwdown since the beginning. So I was already happy that he was the one that ended up winning that copy because we decided, hey, you know what? God of War is coming. A lot of our fans like the game, you know, are, are big fr- fans of the franchise. So let's get somebody a copy. So uh, we already ordered his copy and hopefully, uh, you know, Zeus or actually I guess Odin willing let's go with that he will get his copy on release date so shout out to him shout out to everybody in the chat right now including Ruthless who's tripping but he's still giving us love so I got to give him respect on that end you know and obviously shout out to everybody in this panel right now it's always good to be on this show talking about games and movies and all that other good jazz you know and you know just shout out to gaming in general man just keep it gaming and stop with the bullshit. I agree. Uh, how about you, Dana? Any shout outs that you want to give? Um, shout out to everybody in the chat, everyone for participating. And shout out to Sony, which I can't say why yet, but we'll have details later. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Max? Any shout outs that you want to give? Yeah, as always, thanks everyone for joining in the chat today. It was incredibly entertaining to watch <laughs> and to read through. Um, there's some decent conversation going in there. As always, thanks everyone f- who supports the show after and listens after. As always, you know, we appreciate that support. And I'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Uh, so I also want to give a quick shout out. I want to give some shout outs to Mr. Jake James Lugo. He had to dip out, but he went to PAX East. Last week, as he's already mentioned, if you haven't had a chance to check out his conversation video with Gary, please do feel free to do so and um, check out all of the reviews that he's been doing as of late. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody who was here today. Uh, Everybody that was in the chat, you know, I was unable to participate because it's a lot to have to watch all this stuff at once. But uh, thank you for your continued support. I want to give you guys a quick programming note and let you know that I might not be here next week because I have to attend an event that I can't talk about next week. And it's actually the day I come back is the same day that we're going to be recording this show. So I will be able to talk about it in the future, but I obviously can't talk about it right now. But stay tuned for that because I'll have a lot to say on that later. But uh, that's it for me. Gary, the floor is now yours. So give the shout outs as well as let everybody know the winner of our God of War giveaway that we did. Yep, indeed. So I'm going to shout out all of our Patreon supporters because, you know, this was uh, a Patreon-only giveaway for God of War. So um, big shouts to our supporters, M. Collins, Sean Goretti, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, and Miguel. We appreciate you all. And the winner of the giveaway was Sean Goretti. So congratulations you know we'll be in touch to send you your copy soon um if richard hasn't messaged you already i'm not quite sure but yeah we'll be in touch anyway and you'll get your game as soon as possible so congrats to you and definitely big shouts to all of the people in the chat 
right now. Um, definitely an entertaining chat today. Um, shouts to Ruthless Kid creating chaos in there. I feel like it's like 2011 again, like when, when Ruthless was on the team back then creating chaos. But yeah, um, definitely entertaining today. And uh, big shouts to Tony for joining us. And shouts to Carlos Romero for being in the chat as well. And, you know, everyone else who joined in and participated in the conversation today. Absolutely. Yes. And again, again, shout out to Tony Polanco for being on today's show. And make sure you check out Throwdown tonight. Throw down your questions. Yeah, man. We're probably going to get a lot of God of War questions tonight, man. Send them my way. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Ruthless, you, you can send us some questions too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yo, this dude is a fucking... Yo, I, I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. This dude is a fucking... <laughs> yeah, that's... Hey, all, all, all here for entertainment. But uh, That's, that's yeah, my dude, talking. man. He, he's from yeah. Luton too. <laughs> yeah. But once again, thank you all for checking out the show. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week.